This is the Make America Grape Again podcast, produced and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona Wine Monk. In this podcast, we explore wines from all 50 states in the United States of America. So what we've got tonight here for Season 2, episode whenever this gets posted, of the Make America Grape Again podcast, I'm your host, by the way, Cody Burkett. Vinny Vinny Drinky! I'm James. Hi. Uh, what we're talking today, because it's cold as fuck outside, and it snowed about higher than a wine bottle. Yeah. Uh, so about, what? Um, a couple of feet, right? So it was... Oh, at, oh it was when that I, one, too. It was this Jesus. one that I put in. Well, the, you can't see it. Of course, that doesn't help you. Probably about a foot and a half. So yeah, about a foot and a half of snow. The, the wine that I'm holding in my hand for measuring is uh, another wine we will be comparing, the wine du jour. What I have here today is the Creek Bend Vineyard Vidal Blanc Ice Wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be talking about ice wine today for episode two of Indiana. Vinny Vidi Drinky, also known as Megan, um, <laughs> likes to put all of her wines on Vivino, so you should find her there. And uh, she was... <laughs> you tell the story. So so I just got the, the, the picture up. And it says it only has one rating, and it was one star, so whoever did it didn't like it. Which is confusing, because there's a bunch of other people that reviewed, but I think it's specifically for this 2017 vintage? Yes. And they so eloquently said, way too sweet. And I just want to respond, no shit, Sherlock! Yeah, that's the... the that's Obvious, the, like, what... It's the point of ice wine. point. Like, I don't... Like, there is a little mean part of me that just wants to actually respond. Be like, no shit, what were you expecting? Do it! No, I'm not that mean. But you can be. I you could can. be. If I had if, if I had a different account <laughs> under a different name, then just go in and, and just fucking troll people. <laughs> this is made from 100% Vidal Blanc. The other two wines we're going to be looking at this evening and drinking alongside of it are also Vidal Blanc. We're not going to go into too much of the history and, and genetics of Vidal Blanc uh, because we've got a Vidal Blanc that was, well, time. I'm having the time travel, tense trouble, uh, will be slash has been reviewed from Pennsylvania. Remember that Oak to Vidal that we mm-hmm. thought about doing last time we were recording and decided, yeah, no, we don't want to. Yeah. Uh, because we were enamored by the uh, West Virginia. And also just wanted to... Wanted to murder your machine. Yeah, so... Background noise. That's my uh, 150 bottle wine fridge in the background humming away rudely. So anyway, uh, this is of course from Creek Bend Vineyard. It's from from the Indiana Highlands AVA. But remember, the main purpose of this podcast is to enjoy this wine no matter what state you think it may or may not come from. That is the point of Vidal. Feel my fingers, I would slow clap for you. In other news, if I hold my glass at just the right angle, I can see the reflection of your ceiling fan in the wine, and it looks like a bug. <laughs> the color on this is crazy. It's like this rich, almost like sunflower petal. You know what's really funny is I was just going to say, the reflection of your curtain, or something, those curtains, looks like a sunflower in my glass right now. <laughs> it's really fucking cool. Mm. I wish I'd get a picture of that, but I bet it won't come out. But I'm just jonesing on the mouthfeel over here. Mm-hmm. Jonesing on an Indiana wine. Uh, do we want to read ceremoniously the tech sheet first or talk about tasting notes? I don't know. I'm still trying to get... Ceremoniously. <clears throat> Vidal Blanc, guys. Blank. 
<laughs> Fuck. Well done. Vidal Blanc Ice Wine, Creek Bend Vineyard, Estate Bottle, 2017, Vinification, harvested just under five tons of fruit on a five degree Fahrenheit morning, harvest sugar measured 42.4%, holy fucking shit. <laughs> Long warm growing seasons at Creek Bend develop rich flavors which become concentrated in the fruit during our frozen winters. No, that's Latin. I'm just doing Greek I chant. Know, I know. So, to make an ice wine, you need ice. Or more specifically, you need to be cold as balls. Say that's not a very good term for that. Conditions which will freeze the balls off a brass monkey. There we go. And that's actually not referring to testicles on a brass monkey statue, but the cannonballs on a brass monkey in an 18th century English warship. Sweet. Really? I shit you not. That's where that term comes from? Yes. That's awesome. Fantastic. Now I know. I'd always wondered, because it makes no fucking sense. Every listener to this podcast is just a little bit smarter now, because they heard that. Yes. yes. But holy creamy nose, Batman. Mm-hmm. Like lychee, peaches, mm. apricot, mm. cream, like almost like creme brulee mm. on the nose. I don't know if this was uh, in stainless steel or not. Um, I think most ice wines are, other than in Germany, are aged in stainless steel, but I could be wrong. I don't know much about ice wine because this is not a style you make in Arizona, really. Because it, it's not, well, except for this year, maybe. Yeah. Although well, even then, this is too late. No, this is way too late. And yeah. uh, I think the grapes at uh, Bruzy, spoiler alert, uh, were harvested too early this year. I don't think they tried for an ice wine this year. Oh. Some years they do. It's a very satisfying nose. Mm-hmm. I mean, it smells sweet, but it's like creamy sweet. It makes me also think of sauternes a little bit, even mm-hmm. though it's completely different. Yes. Yeah. Late harvest. Yeah. So basically, what happens is you... Um, the style originated in Germany. And so you have your... Uh, there, they usually make it out of reason. The Vegetaminer. Vidal Blanc, they grow it in Germany a little bit, but it's not their uh, ice vine grape. Um, because they don't have as difficult growing conditions as other places that need Vidal, like Canada. Uh, or... Sweden uh, to grow. Anyway, tangent. So you have your first pick, uh, and I'm using Germany as the main example. Uh, so you have your first pick, and that's the Trocken, the, the Qualtaiswein cabinet. Then you let some of it sit, and then you have that Auschlese. It's hard, ripen a little bit, and you leave some there, just in case. Then you have your Baron Auschlese, which is a step above that, which is Noble Rot, I think. I'm trying to remember all of this from our CSW class. Trockenbeeren aus Lese. Then is the next one. Yep. And then you have the last bit, which is, you know, tiny amounts of food, which is why ice wine is usually so expensive. Well, ice but wine has its own categorization, doesn't it? It does in Germany, and that's what oh, okay, I'm finishing that's, off yeah. with. So oh, you let it sit through the winter, it freezes, it gets below a certain temperature below the freezing point of water, um, 30 degrees Fahrenheit or 0 degrees Celsius for our one or two international listeners. So those grapes freeze, and literally you have to get them off the vine and pressed while the grapes are still frozen, because what that does... I have a question. 
Okay. Uh, do you have to have the grapes actually covered with frozen water ice? No. The grapes themselves just need need to be frozen. Okay, okay. So, now granted, half the time this happens in the middle of a fucking ice storm. So you're out there picking at 3 a.m. in your headlamps, in the dark, in the cold. And you get paid pretty good Better. to do it. I think, yeah, like, there's Jesus. a Canadian winery that, like, on average pays, whenever they do it, like, 30 bucks an hour. Better for that kind for, of shit. For that, for, like, five hours of work. It's like, that, that's, that's pretty good. I think. Anyway. So the grapes freeze, and you need to get them pressed while they're still frozen, because what that does is because the water in the grapes freezes, and all the sugar is concentrated because that doesn't freeze. And so you are left with a lot of residual sugar, which is why the bricks here uh, at harvest after press are 42.4 degrees bricks, or percent uh, residual sugar. Uh, No, it says 42.4 degrees bricks. The residual sugar remaining here is 24.9 grams per 100 milliliter. This is um, 11.3%. Alcohol. That's actually okay. higher than I would have expected. If, well, I haven't had enough ice wines to really know. But, yeah. But normal bricks is in the, like, 20s, right? Yeah, like, normal bricks at harvest ice. are 25, 26, 27. Oh, okay. So it's a little higher than I was thinking. So that's the, the general aiming point. Sometimes you'll pick before that if you want higher acidity. Yeah. Or uh, something lighter. And because uh, basically what bricks degree sugar is is how much alcohol you're going to get. If you ferment it to dry or sweet. So in this case, basically, it's so sweet that during the fermentation process that the the yeast just can't ferment at all. And it just keels over and dies because there's too much. Uh, Too much sugar for them to eat, too much alcohol, blah, blah, blah. Now, granted, it's a lower percentage of alcohol, but... This is just delight. I need to shut the fuck up and actually taste this because I've been like... This is my wine. first ice wine, and I'm just loving it. Absolutely, It's your first, but it's not going to be your only. Right. Because what we have here today is a bit of a whirlwind world tour. Originally, I was planning on waiting to get more ice wines to drink side-by-side made from Vidal. Uh, I was going to get an Ontario Vidal from the uh, Niagara VQA, and... Oh, fuck, my brain just keeled over and died. Because this is so fucking good. Um, it's like my pal is just like, oh, I want more, give me more, give me more, give me more, give me more. Yeah, that guy's a asshole. He doesn't know anything. This is delicious. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's sweet. That's the it's point. Like that's the fucking point. Mm. Here, I'm, I'm, putting, you... I'm putting in my review, be like, it's it's just delightfully sweet, as it's supposed to be. Please, please use your Daria explanation voice for where you were starting before, like... What? I'm not good at the Daria thing on purpose. <laughs> um, wait, wait, just say it's just... It's supposed to be fucking sweet? Yeah. Just like that? Okay, yeah. Good. So originally I was going to do this with a Niagara VQA Vidal, um, and then maybe New York or some other state. Um, Megan did get one for New Jersey. but So I woke up this morning and saw the foot and a half of snow and went, I need to get pictures of, I- of my ice wines in my stash for this. So I guess that what I have is what we're doing. And so the cool thing that I've got here is an ice wine from Chateau Shangyu, which I'm probably butchering because my Chinese is not a strong point. A Chinese ice wine from the Shangyu Valley, I believe. If I had my fucking um, booklet that came with this, uh, it was 
Beautiful. Came in a box, found it in downtown Flagstaff of all places. I'll look through my screenshots. I think it mentions that. Um, because Google has this cool feature where you can point it at something and it tries to translate it. Do you remember about where the, sh- sh- excuse me, the Shangyu Valley is in China? Central, north? North. North. Okay, that makes sense. North. So when I saw this, I had to get it because, A, I've always wanted to try Chinese wine. B, I... I've always wanted to try Chinese wine. I've always wanted to try Chinese wine. <laughs> there you go. And I feel like that's the only reason. C, I wanted to try Chinese wine. And it's really cool. It actually has this little wax seal on it, too. That just popped off with the corkscrew that I just dented and destroyed. Uh, So anyway, I found this randomly in Flagstaff, of all places. Mm. This was the bottle that I actually used as a unit of measurement because it's super duper tall, like a traditional ice wine bottle. This Creepin is not in a traditional thin, skinny, tall bottle. It's in a small, almost like a port. Here's your seal. So I've never had a Chinese wine. This is our first, and it's an ice wine, so it's going to kind of hear... Oh, synthetic cork. Disappointing. Mediocre. No, we haven't tried it yet, but I hate synthetic cork. Um, yes, it's probably better for the environment, but there's something... Disappointing. Disappointing about it. I don't know why. Well, but at least they did put the little wax seal on it. Yeah, the wax seal is really nice cool. Touch. So this is the Golden Diamond Level Ice Wine. Uh, which I guess is what they way they rank their quality uh, of ice wine in China. Diamond, it has to be high. So, and this is 2005. So the beautiful thing about ice wine is that because of that high residual sugar and that high acidity, because you're making it from grapes that retain that acidity, uh, Vidal Blanc, Riesling, Gewürztraminer. Stuff like that. Sorry, you were just stressing me out having that right there. Yeah, good idea. It was very stressful. Just see you moving and knocking it over. And then <laughs> I was going, no! I'd still lap it up. It got dark in here really fast. Shall I turn on the light? And James said, let there be light. Yay. And there was. And it was good. And I just strained my back. Oh my god. <laughs> Continue. So anyway, I really love the, the Vidal Blanc ice wine uh, from Oliver. This is really fun, and I like it. But I'm curious how it uh, compares with uh, one from a region I have no basis of comparison for. <laughs> ah! Damn it! James! <laughs> Luckily, I saved it. There wasn't. We didn't lose much. <laughs> you realize if it had been left exactly no, where it was No, because it was over here, I think this would have hit it too. I'm I think it would have been terribly neither. sorry. I forgive me. I I am a massive embarrassment and shame at the moment. And I am going to impale myself like a good Roman citizen on this this uh, styrofoam hobbit sword that you have here. <laughs> okay, the symbol the symbolism was sufficient. Let me see. This is why I don't have nice things. Hey, it, it shines. It's sparkly. <laughs> okay, we only lost about like, we a third of a glass, uh, if that. Yeah, we didn't like glass. a small... So ice wine is traditionally served in small glasses. I've dispensed with that for now. Um, and we're drinking these in regular wine glasses like we do with all of the wines, by and large, uh, for the Make America Grape Again podcast. The idea is to give each wine a fighting chance. So anyway... 
Chateau Shangyu Ice Wine Valley, Golden Ice Wine Valley, Vidal Ice Wine. There. Um, golden, golden diamond level. The color in this is darker color brown. Is so much darker. But this is what? Years aged. So yeah. that last one was 2017. So this is like, what, 12 years? So this is. Ooh. Yeah, 12 years. I was just graduating. Just entering or just graduating? And no. 2005? 2005. So let's Whoa. see. I, was, I graduated high school. Uh, 2005. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the year I graduated high school as well. Or my freshman year of college. In Flagstaff, which ironically enough is where Whoa. I got this bottle. Carrot. Whoa. 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 I don't know what I'm smelling. I'm getting veggies. Whoa. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. Well, I know from... Caramelization, definitely. Can you hand me the Wine Folly book, please? Because it's, it's I'm getting more of a modernized age character than a... Water chestnut. That I makes sense, actually, considering China. I could see that. Oh, yeah. I really yeah, am getting water chestnut. I don't mean I that to be that, stereotypically I... bigoted and regional, but that's what I get. Where the heck is ice wine in this? There's like oakiness to it, too. I Maybe this was aged in oak, too. Like, I don't know. I get that woody, woody at least, characteristic. T-E-F. That is a funk. I don't know. At least to me. There we go. Caramelized orange with carrot, water chestnut. Never smelled anything like this before. It's musty. It uh, yeah, I don't think this has gone bad. No, maybe not. It just has a mustiness to it. But I don't know if that's just me. It's still got the residual sugar. Hmm. Getting a little bit of lychee. Tart, plum. Yeah, like white plum. Yeah. This is strange. This is... A Light years different from the Indian yeah. ice wine. Yeah. Light. I years. think this is partly age, and also maybe tawar, and also maybe winemaking technique. Absolutely, yeah. because this could have been aged on oak, and the other one I don't think was. At least it's not listed on the tech sheet. Again, this exudes sense of a terroir I've never encountered in my. Yeah, life. this is completely different from anything um, I've ever experienced. And thanks to my clumsiness, now your carpet exudes the same scent. <laughs> hmm. Mandarin orange now. Totally, yeah. It's got more of a weird citrus character. Because mm-hmm. the other one was like bright, almost like lemon curd. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah, mandarin orange. Like I think what we're also looking here at here is uh, a wine that the Chinese have made to pair with their local cuisine. Yeah. Like, honestly, this with some Szechuan would be yeah. mm-hmm. Stellar, as weird and funky as it is on its own. I'm enjoying this. I don't think this is a flawed wine. I think we're just looking at a different ideology of winemaking. Of course they're going to make their wine different to pair with their local cuisine. Let's see if the window knows anything. This is uh, refreshingly... Well, refreshingly is not the word. I wouldn't drink this to quench my thirst, but it's surprisingly, pleasantly different. Yeah, it's... it's. I can't seal the cork back in, so we're going to have to finish this off tonight, guys. Oh, I'm so, so unhappy to hear that. I'll let uh, Vinny Vitti Drinky Vivino. <laughs> so to make ice wine, the biggest varietals for this uh, to be used are uh, Vidal Blanc, Grunewettliner, Riesling, Cabernet Franc, Chenin Blanc, and Gewürztraminer. <clears throat> As I mentioned before, uh, to be labeled an ice wine, grapes must be picked and pressed while frozen naturally. So if you're freezing your grapes later, which some winemakers do to make iced 
wine, Aha. as opposed to ice wine, there is a big difference. Ice wine is wine that's the grapes have been frozen actually on the vine, and then iced wine is where you freeze the grapes uh, yourself after harvest. And the very first vintage that Arizona Stronghold did of their Vidal Blanc from Bruzy Vineyard, called the Zaz, which is uh, Apache for snow, I think specifically uh, White Mountain Apache for snow, I could be wrong, was made that way. And they wanted to call it an ice wine, and they couldn't because they didn't know about the labeling. Because, again, we're in Arizona. We don't know this stuff because we don't deal with this stuff every winter. And even in uh, Indiana, they don't deal with this any every winter. Uh, this apparently was the first vintage in, like, six years where they were able to do an ice wine. Um, What's the alcohol content on the Chinese? Uh, this is 11%. Uh, sugar at harvest, 370 grams per liter. I have no idea what degrees bricks that would be. Uh, someone might know. Uh, residual sugar, not less than 140 grams per liter. And the residual sugar in here is 24.9 grams so, holy crap, this was so much sweeter than this, ostensibly, mm -hmm. in terms of residual sugar content, but it doesn't taste sweeter. No. At all. No, no. And I'm wondering whether that's age, or winemaking style, or what. Do you have any inkling, based <clears throat> upon your experience and education, how long the Chinese have been making wine? Uh, well, the, one of the earliest evidences for alcohol uh, comes from uh, a place called Zhihao, uh, which is a Neolithic site, and they actually, um, Dogfish Head created a beer slash ale slash barley wine slash something based on the remnants in this pot, and it was grape wine, barley, rice, and a few other fruits oh. that had been fermented together. So the, the alcohol tradition and, and wine tradition in, in China is old, but it really wasn't until post-World War II uh, that China was introduced to modern winemaking, right, I think. Right, right, right. Um, well, no, there was a guy that was doing it in the 1800s that was British or French that was mentioned in our CSW book, but I oh, in the can't China remember section? in China section. Because no. none of us studied that section because when is there going to be a China question on the CSW? It's always fun to think one. of, though, back in ancient times, you know, some... Greek or Roman trader with some wine experience ending up in China and kind of imparting some Western wine knowledge and getting the ball rolling. So over here's there. the thing: we we know that Roman wine made it to China. There's been a few pieces of amphora that are coming from Falernia, right? That have been found there. And again, so archaeologists know this because Roman amphora are very wonderfully site and material specific. So. Um, an amphora that was used to carry Falernian wine would be a very different shape than something used for olive oil or whatever. And you could find even like a tiny piece of that because so many of these things have been found as a whole that you can look at this and it's like, oh, it's from this part of this vase. And no, that was carrying Falernian. So we know that some Roman wine did make it to China. Um, but whether the, the Chinese were inspired to make wine based on this is, is unknown. Yes. Where the hell is the file that I'm looking for? Screenshots, there we go. Um, okay, so this is near Dragon Lake, and I'm going to read this translation from the book that has now disappeared that I googled, because Google has this cool thing where you shine it on, and as I mentioned before, it uh, translates sort of for you. Known as the, quote, Oriental Ontario, end quote, the golden ice valley of the Dragon Lake has the world's most suitable natural environment for ice grapes to grow. 
with 5,000 acres of ice grape plantations. Exclusively gifted, because blind idiot translation, I love that. Exclusively gifted. Enjoy the best ice wine. Every time. And I also love how this translation also that I sent to you earlier, which was adorable. Uh, One, four, two, the third road, according to Ice Wine Yield. This has honey and heating hong. Flavored, sweet, acidity, balance, refreshing. Four degrees Celsius to seven degrees Celsius, drinking better. Drilling on behalf of distinguished. All your bases are belong to us. (laughs) But anyway, the point is that it was really cool because they had this booklet that came in here that was all in Chinese and had beautiful pictures of the vineyards and the region. I guess it's literally called the Dragon Valley or something. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I... I don't not like this. I admit I like... It grows on you. It's kind of a shock because of how totally different yeah. this is, but it grows I on you. I admit I like the Creek event better. Yeah. But uh, this is still really cool. Yes. Is cool. This is our first ex- exploration of China. Yeah. Did it show up on Vivino at all? Yeah. What uh, What are people saying on, uh, on Vivino <clears throat> about it? Let's see. Um, This person gave it three and a half. I said dark amber color, sharp nose, ample vanilla, golden citrus, dried fruits, medium bodied, nice acidity, and medium finish. This person, I think, is from Germany, which is cool. Interesting ice wine from China, made of Vidal grape. That's the way that word Made of Vidal grape. Yeah, that's, yeah, that sounds very German. Yeah. Strong enough aroma of sweet honey with flowers, apricot and peach, sweet, acid, saturated body. What? Saturated body. So he means full body. Okay. Uh, taste is energizing. That's Fast. kind of what you were saying. Fast delivering with ample sides. Lengthy at the end. That just... Lengthy at the end. Yes. Oh my. Ah, that's the way I like my uh, ice wines. It does have a really long lingering finish too. Long and lingering. And lengthy at the end. <laughs> they gave it three and a half as well. Mm-hmm. I would say three and a half is probably what I would rate this. Mm-hmm. I like it, and I'm, I'm liking it more and more as it opens five. up. Out of four or five stars. Five. Okay, yeah, three and a half. Yeah, three yeah. and a half. Like, uh, everything that I'm seeing is three and a half or four. I like this. I would probably drink it again, but it would not be my first choice. This is like a think... movie you go to see, and you're not really expecting much. You don't really want to see it, but you find yourself surprisingly enjoying the movie. Hey, this is a nice little film. I'm glad I went and saw it. Yeah. I think if you had the right food with it, yeah. Too. Like I said, this was like Shazwan had some Chinese food. Shazwan chicken or a... oh gosh, yes. Mm-hmm. Some of those sauces they use, oh, yeah. perfect. Again, it's different local techniques, and I mean, granted, I would love if I had found one that was the same vintage, because that would be a real true test of of style, mm-hmm. and also tawar. Um, well, yeah. Like if this one has that same character, is it? You know, well, and it's as young as the other, then, you know, we know that, okay, this is definitely a winemaking tradition in China to make it this, with this flavor profile because of food pairings. Uh, our final wine of this episode is a Vidal Blanc Late Harvest from Bruzy Vineyard in Young, Arizona, from Arizona Stronghold. Uh, I invited the winemaker to join us, but he was lame and didn't, uh, or at least. I don't think he wanted to. Maybe he messaged me and I just missed it. Hmm. Oops. <coughs> uh, he did not message saying he's coming up. Womp womp. Anyway, because uh, I would have loved to have harassed him specifically about it. 
But anyway. <laughs> Jesus. We just want to waste this wine, don't we? Um, what he did with this wine is I know he put it in French oak barrels. Two barrels produced. Because he wanted to give it a sort of Sauternes character. Now, I, I tasted this in the tasting room, but I don't remember much about it in the tasting room. I kind of just picked it up because my thought was, again, for this podcast, it's the closest you're really going to get to an Arizona ice wine because the Zas is no longer in existence. You know, it would have been a better comparison, probably, but eh, well, whatever. Uh, this is also the same vintage as the Creek Bend at 2017. Yeah, I take the Chinese. I, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. It took some adjustment Joyna. at first, but... Joyna. 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 Definitely has a zinginess to it. Yeah, I feel like the acidity is definitely higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, even though it supposedly has more residual sugar than the Creek Bend, it doesn't taste that way. No, no, no. Wow. So 100% Vidal Blanc. Know the exact remaining percentage of residual sugar. I'm coming from Young, Arizona. The highest elevated... The second highest elevation vineyard in the state. Excuse me. Uh, there is one higher that's growing Sauvignon Blanc, but it's a private vineyard, and they make their own wine with it. I'm getting mushrooms and water chestnuts. What about you, Megan? Mushroom, I could see the water chestnut thing not so much. I should have washed this glass out thoroughly. There is very much like an earthiness. Yeah, it's more flint. Mm-hmm. Like flint or crushed limestone. Yeah. There's a citrusy note in there, too, like limes. Like yeah, like key lime. lime. Yeah. Hmm. It yes, there's fresh but earthy. Maybe. Absolutely, it's got not quite the decadent mouthfeel that the previous two had, but still a good one. And yes, there is that mineral characteristic. Oh in the God, taste. yeah! Wow. Maybe some vanilla in there too. Well, the vanilla is probably coming from the the oak. The oak, okay, that's because right. I know he used oak. French oak. Yeah. And apparently, everyone in Arizona was like, "You're crazy for doing this because it's going to ruin the barrel and it's going to ruin the wine." And he was trying to like, "Well, they aged Sauternes in French oak." Yeah, it's like you get that earthy, mineral-y thing, and then there's vanilla on the finish. Mm-hmm. I like it. You can see some of these underlying characters, and we almost maybe should have started with this one, mm-hmm. um, even though this is not the subject of the episode, because uh, you could pull through these other two that we've drank and get some of those characters that are in common that are clearly from the varietal. That sort of apricot and citrus character... I don't feel like we got much citrus on the other two. Well, no, so, I mean, there's, like, kind of an orange on the... There's definitely orange peel on this one, and this one I got a sort of a, a lemon peel. Did you? Okay. I did. We can revisit that one here momentarily. Yeah. Uh, because you have cake. I do have cake. We're going to eat cake with this and be decadent. One of them is a lemon blueberry. Ooh. Yeah, I thought that would be good. And then the other one I can't remember. It's, like, an Italian, like, I don't know, nut. Wedding cake. Okay, this is going to be weird, but I want to... You know the the pancake ice cream that you brought? Yes. I want to pair the Chinese one with that. That could be interesting. I I think we're going to have to do that off air. Pancake ice cream? Yes, it's Tillamook. It was on clearance at Safeway and it's it's a yeah, it's like buttermilk maple syrup pancake ice cream. I was like, I need to know what that tastes like right now. Huh. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> and then the um, ginger mochis. Yes. I don't know if those would go any, with any of these, but... Uh, I think that ice cream one, and I think the cake's obviously well. Yeah. Again, these are all three completely different wines, but you can see that common thread of the grape mm-hmm. coming through. And this one, I feel like the landscape is definitely showing more, but maybe it's also just simply because I know the geology of Young more than 
you know, to Golden Dragon Valley in China, or for that matter, um, the Indiana Highlands AVA. Well, if I had to guess, the Indiana Highlands AVA is probably limestone-based, because there's a lot of limestone, a lot of ancient seabed there from the Carboniferous and Devonian period there, which is about the same age, a little younger, a little older than the rocks and young, because there's a lot of uh, that Pennsylvanian, Mississippian, i.e. Carboniferous limestone and, and such there, uh, which is definitely coming through in this wine. I'm almost getting almost like a sea salt character, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Vidal Blanc is fun. I also kind of want to pair those first two with Cigar. I think there are certain cigars that would work, but I can't think of any cigar that would work with this one. But again, it's a different style, too. I feel like this one's too bright. Yeah, That Chinese one is probably the most cigar-worthy, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I think I would pair that Chinese ice wine with um, probably the Leaf by Oscar Corojo, or Corojo in general. Um, I would probably pair the uh, Creek Bend Vidal Blanc. Uh, with a lighter cigar, something like a, a Connecticut-grown wrapper. Uh, Connecticut is the strain of the tobacco, specifically. Because they tend to have a lighter character. I feel like that would work well. <sighs> Finest Hour by Padilla, their Connecticut, would probably work really well with the, the Creek Bend. I think. But that's just me. But I've also been, in general, on the Connecticut kick lately, in terms of cigars. That's neither here nor there, and way off topic. What are you going to rate these three on Vivino? Let's see. Probably the Indiana one. I'd probably give a four. Yeah, I, I, I like, like that I one. Really that was just so rich and decadent. Mm-hmm. I actually, and I'm not just saying that's because it's the Indiana episode, but I really do like that one the best out of these three. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, um, I think it depends on maybe the mood. If you want something sweet but a little lighter, I would say Yeah, this, this is also this a good, like, summer I mean, that stuff yeah. is just so rich, so very rich. Like, decadent. I, mean, I, I wanted to make my horse a senator, for Pete's sake. <laughs> it's like the kind of uh, rich where you can buy a date off the internet and no one will blink twice. <laughs> um, and the kind of decadent that will also buy a date off the internet and not blink twice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is like Orson Welles' Baron Harkonnen and the Gordorovsky Dune decadent. Ooh, yeah. But that's something that's like on a scale of Orson Welles, where do we rate these wines? From oh, the French to uh, Baron Harkonnen as Orson Welles in terms of decadent. True story. Look it up, people. Uh, oh, I'm going to finish us all off with a tiny glass of the hold me closer, tiny glass. Tiny bubbles. So, the, like I said, the tradition is to drink ice wine in small glasses. So, I have some tiny small glasses here. I'm in love with these little glasses. They're so adorable, I can't eat them. Go to Sonoida and you can get these. Where? Uh, at the Flying Leap Distillery Tasting Room. They're just so fucking cute. They're fancy. There's a little bit left. For one more person. Thank you. Who's not here, so maybe it'll just be me. Mm-hmm. 
we can always just spill it on the floor and dedicate it to Dionysus. Uh, how about no, because we've already done that. <laughs> Indeed we have. On that note, uh, let's make America great again. Cheers. This was an episode of the Make America Grape Again podcast, sponsored, produced, and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona wine monk. You can reach us at makeamericagrapepodcast at gmail.com, on Instagram at, at theazwinemonk, or on Twitter at cvburkett. Be sure to also check out our website, makeamericagrapeagainpodcast.com. Make a deal with China. 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 Negotiations with China. China. I wouldn't go to France.